2: Hello, fans of Shuklastan, and welcome to another episode of Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Allison Brown. Allison, hello,
3: how are you? Hello, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, 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 gobble. I mean, how did turkeys get to be told they sounded like gobble, gobble? Because they really don't. Good question. Good, good question.
2: Who assigned the animal names? Because they're different in different countries, too. You know, our cockadoodle do is kikiriki in in some other country. It's very specific. <laughs> the rooster is what popped into my head right away. Hopefully, you all are recovering from Thanksgiving dinners if you are celebrating. We've got a lightning round for you today. Uh, today it is all Paralympians, which is pretty awesome. McKenna was at competed at both Rio and Tokyo. And we have a little lightning round from her conversation with us prior to Tokyo. Take a listen. What is your first memory of the Paralympics? Or when did you become aware of the Paralympics existing?
1: I became aware when I was fairly young, actually. I was on a Paralympic swim team in Seattle and was actually a swimmer before I found shooting. So I was 8, 10 when I first started swimming.
2: Okay. Oh my God. That's going to make me do math, and that's not happening right now. What was your first Paralympics that you remember?
1: I knew that the Paralympics were around, and I knew that they were a thing, but I really remember watching a friend of mine swim in London. So I was hoping okay. to go to London for shooting, but I was just I was too new. I had started in 2010, mm-hmm. so just way too, way too new at that point. So I remember watching friends swim and compete in London.
2: Okay. And London is really kind of a big turning point with coverage and people being excited about the Paralympics and going to watch
1: too, correct? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Where do you keep your medal? It is on a bookshelf in my bedroom. What is your favorite training exercise? Ooh, head-to-head competition. Really enjoy getting to compete against some of my teammates at the training center.
2: What Paralympic sport, other than shooting, and we're taking swimming off the books now because you let that cat bit out of the bag,
1: would you compete in? I also did wheelchair basketball.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: that was. Now you say that. Wait, I remember that from one of, uh, one of the other interviews. Yes, but... I recreational played wheelchair basketball in Seattle as well. So at one point in okay, time, so I had four sports is- occurring at once. Wait, what was when I was really, really little? There was just for fun, disabled baseball team called Miracle League. that went on so you know everybody had a number one on their back it was just about getting out outdoors and playing together so nobody was ever out no one struck out you were there until you hit the ball and got to play until you reached home base so
3: (laughs) nice so other than all of those is there one that you have not tried that you'd really like to give it a (sighs) shot
1: murder ball sorry wheelchair rugby (laughs)
3: Okay, now this concerns me because you were a shooter and now you want to play murder ball. I'm a little concerned about the violent aspects, McKenna. You seem so sweet and gentle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. (laughs) What about wheelchair rugby? Do you like? Just how competitive it is. Like just with shooting, I just like the competitive aspect of the sport and they're a hilarious team. We actually flew back with them. They were on our flight coming back from Rio. So gotta talk to some of those guys and just great people.
2: Did you get to watch any any of it while you
1: were in I Rio? did not. I did not venture out much at all. My events were kind of spread out a little bit. And then when I was finished competing, we did a couple of team activities. So I wish that I had the opportunity to go watch a couple other sports.
2: And then finally, other than your medal, what is your favorite Paralympic souvenir?
1: My mascot that I got with the medal So Tom was our mascot in Rio, and we received a stuffed figurine of Tom and their or his hair color matched the color of our medal. Oh, so he has bronze hair for you.
2: (laughs) That is very cool. I did not know that. It looks like they're just giving you a regular mascot along with the thing This is special for a very where does Tom? Tom Tom's also on a shelf in my bedroom. Has he met the teddy bear? Uh, I
1: don't. I don't think they've been. I don't think they've been introduced quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Who knows
3: what kind of insanity could happen <laughs> if those two get together?
2: <laughs> All right. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for yeah, your time. absolutely. This has been great. You can follow McKenna on Facebook, Insta, and Twitter. We will have links to those in the show notes. It's almost like what sport hasn't
3: McKenna done? <laughs>
2: She tried a lot before she found the one that worked for her.
3: And you know what sport she's going to be adding to her list pretty soon? Baby chasing. Aww. Baby gear is due, I think, in December. (gasps)
2: Good luck with that. Congratulations, McKenna and husband. And we're looking forward to seeing pictures. All right, moving on. We are excited to launch some new opportunities for you to get involved with the show. We talked about Les Friges last week, but we would like to have our own mascots for next year, and we're looking for your pets to help us. You can get the opportunity to have your pet be our mascot for one episode. We will adore them during the show and share their pictures in our newsletter. If you don't have a pet, we've got another fun opportunity, which is you can be the person who says keep the flame alive at the end of an episode. Now that we're heading into the holiday shopping season, this would make a great gift or it's a great way to celebrate a birthday for somebody. Quantities are limited, so act quickly. You can find the link to these commissions at flamelifepod.com support. Moving on to our next Paralympic lightning round, we're talking with Sydney Collier, who is a para-dressage rider. Sydney competed at Rio, and she was an alternate for Tokyo. Take a listen to her lightning round. What is your first memory of the Paralympics, or when did you first become aware that they existed?
4: That was in 2010, when I was watching the World Equestrian Games happen.
2: Well... That's a loaded question because it's, it's another Paralympian told us, watch. They're never on TV. Did
4: Were you able to see any of London? I actually did watch online. That was after I found out about the Paralympic movement in Kentucky. And I was actually cheering on the para dressage team from m- my family's home in Michigan. And cheering on my friend and mentor, Jonathan Wentz, as he competed in London.
2: If you could be a Paralympian in any sport except equestrian, what would you compete in?
4: Whoa, that's hard. I'd say maybe cycling because, I mean, kind of similar. You know, you, you get to ride something. <laughs> like, if, if you're going to take my horse away, then, I mean, I might as well go to the next best thing, right? <laughs> or... <laughs> Or weightlifting. I can see myself being a good weightlifter. I really love weight.
3: Well, I keep putting in a ploy for getting dog agility into the Olympics. So I think Logan would be perfect for that.
4: Oh, yeah. I saw your video on it. It's my new campaign. uh, In Rio, actually, he, Journey, at the time, my service dog, he wasn't able to come with us just because of unknown quarantine periods and in my worst fear is him having to be quarantined in a unknown country so I just wouldn't want to take the chance and risk him having to stay longer in in an unknown country to him and when he's there to help me and making that sacrifice to help me so I, I wouldn't want him to be stuck there
3: so of course I'm imagining you know all the service dogs getting together having doggy play dates while the people are competing
4: right well <laughs> well I mean the closest the closest that we've come to that was actually in our White House visit after Rio in 2016 Logan got to meet Another one of the service dog I mean, Journey got to meet another one of the Paralympic service dogs. And when they're in their working clothes, they don't acknowledge other dogs. They're just there to work.
2: <laughs> How does not having your service dog with you affect you, especially in Rio? I mean, it's the biggest competition of your life so far. Did you have to learn other strategies that normally Journey would have helped you with?
4: Yeah, I'd say I had to rely a little bit more on our PCAs. We had two PCAs there to help us as our little para dressage team. And I had to rely a little bit more on the people around me than I was used to with having my service dog. And I just had to keep in mind that I didn't have him there and that things were going to just be a little bit different. <laughs> and, and I'd say like, you miss that relationship when they're not around too for a competition, you're like, mm, I kind of miss my best friend. And so that took a little bit of adjustment, but by the time we got back from Rio, oh my gosh, he and I. What is your favorite training exercise? I really enjoy working on my geometry and also working on my serpentine because those are something I really struggle with being one handed and with my vision making them accurate. So, practicing my serpentine and my accuracy, I'd say, is my favorite thing to do in training. But then in the gym, my favorite thing to do is to pull the sled on the turf with weight. That's my favorite thing ever.
2: Nice. You know, this just occurred to me when you're practicing your eight meter circles and your 10 meter circles, do you ever get dizzy or does a horse ever get dizzy?
4: Mm, no, because we, we don't because they're like, when you're riding them, they last like 10 to 15 steps. So, oh, okay, so they're not. They're not small enough to make us dizzy, thankfully. As long as we drink enough water.
3: Water is the cure for everything.
4: Right? Water and food.
3: I know. it's So I got my second COVID shot yesterday and everybody has been texting me, are you drinking enough water? Are you drinking enough water? I'm like, yes, I'm good. I have my cup. I'm good.
4: How are you feeling? Oh, no,
3: I'm, I'm so far feeling fine. I did the windmill thing with my arm. Right? And that seemed to really help the soreness
4: huh see do the windmill thing see, I got I got my first one on I think it was like like a week ago and I've been doing pretty well I had a couple of days with really bad headaches and of course for me that's the one side effect that makes me just very wary because with all of my strokes they always come on with with like a week-long migraine and I'm like of course I have to get the headache.
3: Well, for the second shot, do the windmill thing. Okay. I and
4: will. And it,
3: it really helps.
4: I will. i was very tempted to get the first shot in Linda. Linda's my left arm, by the way. I was like, maybe, because I can't feel it. That might be really good. But then I was like, oh, but she might puff up because it won't get dispersed at all.
0: Um,
4: <laughs> so, that's, that's so interesting. So, so I, stuck, I stuck with righty. <laughs>
2: Linda has a name and your right arm doesn't is that fair
4: my right side is just perfect they they just get to stay righty this is Linda and then my left leg is Lois and that their names are in an effort for me to like them more because I went through a long time where I was like "Eh, I just want to get the left arm amputated or like meh I'm just done with them and I'm trying to embrace them more. And that's where the names came from.
2: I think <laughs> I, I picture this as like Linda and Lois having adventures and then being like Laverne and Shirley. And they'd have some kind of, I don't know if the strong Midwest accent or a New York accent would be good for them. I, I just instantly pictured this and what capers they would get into. Allison doesn't know me
3: anymore. <laughs> Because I immediately am thinking, oh, Linda and Lois would have a wonderful Jello salad. It's oh, <laughs> a great recipe. And you Lois. Put marshmallows in it. It's a lovely ambrosia.
4: <laughs> Pretty much. And then sometimes, sometimes in riding, my Katie, my trainer here, she she'll be like, she'll be like, lift Lois a little bit, and then she'll be like, no wait, Linda, no wait, Lois, no wait, Linda, like trying to remember which one is which. I'm like, and and then and then when she starts questioning it, I'm like, wait, Linda or Lois?
3: And now and now you have Linda, Lois, and Logan. I mean,
4: this could be chaos in your house. Right? It's just like which L word are we talking about?
2: I think we understood that the Paralympics does not do do they first three places get medals?
4: The first three places get medals, and then through eight gets ribbons i in in rio i i got a ribbon for seventh place i want to say and and so that was quite an honor my first paralympic games, and i was also riding in the largest grade at that time so to come in seventh in in my grade level with i want to say 22 other riders oh wow was, was a big honor
2: where where do you keep your ribbon
4: It is currently here in a box in Massachusetts, staying safe because I worry about hanging it up and it getting dusty. And finally, other than your ribbon,
2: what is your favorite Paralympic souvenir?
4: All of my team gear. All of my team gear because that was just such a... surreal experience going to team processing and and earning nike and ralph Lauren gear and you know an omega watch that's limited edition obviously my paralympic ring that that is way out there like all of it everything everything like i just feel lo- so lucky to have had the opportunity and To be blessed enough to be doing what I love, to have had that opportunity to represent the USA and to also be in contention to represent the USA once again in Tokyo. Excellent.
2: Thank you so much, Sydney. You can follow Sydney, her horse All in One, who's owned by her sponsor, Georgina Bloomberg, and her service dog, Logan, on Twitter and Insta. And you can check out her website for more information about her journey. We will have links to all of those in the show notes.
3: See, Sydney's one of my favorites because she supports my dogs in the Olympics plan. (laughs) (laughs) And also, how great must the service dog play dates be?
2: Well... Is it great because, I mean, I guess you have to tell them they're not working.
3: Right. Because if the service dogs often can't go in, we talked about this with Ness Murby and his service dog, can't go into the stadium. So they're kept outside. So when they're kept outside and not with their person, they're not working. You take off that vest and they can just run wild. I would buy tickets for that. It is an (laughs) untapped market for Paralympic income. (laughs) The best dog park ever. So much fun. (laughs)
2: All right, finally, we are talking with Rob Snook. Rob competed in athletics, but after he retired, has become a commentator. And we met him at Beijing 2022. Take a listen to his lightning round. What is your first memory of the Olympics?
0: Oh, I'm supposed to answer this fast, aren't I? No, you don't have to
2: answer fast. We say lightning, but, you know, it's never lightning.
0: Something in Montreal in 1976, probably the men's high jump. Dwight Stones and Greg Joy.
2: What has been your favorite Olympics or Paralympics to cover, or if you have one of each? To cover. Yeah, as a as a
0: broadcaster. To cover London 2012, even though I worked like a crazy person and covered so much different stuff, I just loved because of how great of a job they did, and that gave me great stories to tell.
2: As an athlete, what was your favorite training
0: exercise? Hmm. Sleeping. No. Crazy enough, I fell in love with training and I I used to love stretching like you as a sprinter, people don't realize how much stretching is a big part of getting you ready to perform at a high level. And I think it was even though I didn't ever do yoga per se, I think it was kind of like that Zen state that you, you did that you kind of. Even though you're stretching your body, you kind of fell in love with that feeling of like resetting.
2: If you could do any sport besides athletics, what would you do? And be a a Paralympian in it. Or an Olympian if it's not in a Paralympic sport.
0: Wouldn't it be wicked to be able to do a backside triple cork 1440 on a (laughs) snowboard? I mean, I think that would be so wicked. I'd love to try that. I'd love to be able to do that. Not try it. Because just trying it is not a good thing.
2: Is there para half pipe somewhere? Or are are para athletes trying it no. at all?
0: Oh, I'm sure they are. I'm sure that they are. There was even a guy who did, uh, I think it was Josh, Josh Dewick, who was the chef de mission for the Canadian team for Beijing. I think he was the first one who did a somersault in his sit ski, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, there's people doing that. I would also love to – I love both wheelchair basketball and sledge hockey. And so I would love to – it's just the problem is I can't imagine myself being at the top level (laughs) like that because I know what it takes to get there (laughs) and I don't want to do that part.
2: (laughs) All right. Finally, what is your favorite Olympic or Paralympic souvenir?
0: Hmm. Something in a box that I haven't taken out in forever. (laughs) I'm so bad, you guys. I have no... I have stuff. I think it's cool. I bring it home, and then it just ends up in a drawer, and then it ends up in a box. (laughs) Maybe a backpack or something, probably. From, like, when I was competing. I don't know. I guess it would be... Like when you compete, you get, even if you don't win a medal and sadly, I never won a medal at the Paralympics, but they give you a, like a big, heavy honking, like participation medal. So just that to kind of show that, you know, that you were there, that you were in the fray, that you were battling, you know, for the medals, I guess. Do you know where yours are? No, <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> I can have a decent guess, though. I have a decent guess. (laughs) Does your wife know where they are? (laughs) (laughs) She knows that they're in a box somewhere over there in that (laughs) area with the other boxes. (laughs) But, I mean, I should – we always talk about it. We should do a room or, like, get the office all nice and have, like, you know – like a singlet from when I competed in track and then the silver medal that I won at the world championships and kind of have it displayed. And and then life happens and we had three kids and now we have a grandchild actually. So life just keeps on happening. And that's, I think, more important.
3: Okay. You're not that much older than me, Rob. So that makes me feel very old that you have a grandchild. (laughs) My daughter was 28 when when he was born. So it wasn't even uh... Oh, that's because you were 12 when you had your daughter. Okay, I see.
0: (laughs) I was 23. Yeah, I actually won. I won a silver medal on my daughter's birthday when she turned five. And I was halfway across the world at the world championships in Birmingham, England. And so I felt really guilty that I wasn't there for her birthday. So I gave her the medal Somehow I got it back again, though. Now I should probably give it back to her, but I don't know if she'd really appreciate it. Yet. Maybe a, there'll be a point in her life where, where it was back to her again. But anyway.
3: Okay, quick question before we go What is something that you always bring with you when you go and you're, you're going to be on site announcing?
0: Well, the obvious things would be like pen and paper. I always prep my rosters beforehand so i say if i'm doing sledge hockey or wheelchair basketball i don't show up there and like collect the roster i've worked on it for three or four hours ahead of time and figured out who the players are and the numbers and the positions and the all of that is that what you mean something like that or yeah
3: no just do you you know you have the stash of ricola and honey tea or anything
0: I used to take Fisherman's Friends when I used to call a lot more, broadcast a lot more events in a lot shorter time, uh, Fisherman's Friends, and make sure my throat was okay. <laughs> but it's funny, you know, when you broadcast different sports, you kind of have a routine that you get into when you you kind of start, I, at least I start big in terms of my preparation and then kind of gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then, and then I get to the point where it's close to the event and then it feels like there's this like 50 sheets of paper or I'm, pre- I'm still kind of a paper person. And and then all of a sudden you have to like, like snap in it, like, okay, there's no way I'm going to use 50 different things. So it's like you boil down to like the two or three pieces that are going to be absolutely the most vital, And then over time, regardless of what the sport is, I've kind of figured out that sort of piece of scripture that I have to have there in front of me that's going to get me through this next broadcast.
2: Excellent. Thank you so much, Rob. You can follow Rob on Twitter and Insta. We will have links to those in the show notes.
3: Didn't you feel better that his memory was from 1976? Totally. (laughs) And I do have to say, after we talked to Rob, I did try the fisherman's friend lozenges that he recommended. Mm -hmm. The taste is terrible, but man, do they work. Leave it to a Canadian.
2: Exactly. (laughs) We uh, like to show our gratitude to you for listening, for being a part of our community, for sharing the show with your friends. It's such a privilege to be able to do this show. And we really appreciate all of your support and the way you make it even more fun to do the show every week.
3: We have the best listeners out there. They are gold medal winning listeners. Yes. So thank you so much for being part
2: of our community. We really appreciate it. That will do it for this week. Let us know if you would buy a ticket to a service dog dog park at paris 2024
3: and you can get in touch with us by email at flamealivepod at gmail.com call or text us at 208-352-6348 that's 208 flame it our social handle is at flamealivepod and be sure to join the keep the flame alive podcast group on facebook Oh, well, next week we got a treat
2: for you because i had the opportunity to go to atlanta and and got a behind-the-scenes tour of the archives at the Atlanta History Center. I saw a lot of Izzy and a lot of stuff. And I saw the exhibit that we talked about with Sarah Dilla on the legacy of Atlanta 1996. So I have great interview set up for you next week. Be sure to tune in then. In the meantime,
4: thank you so much for listening. And until then, keep the flame alive.